Welcome, we're your hosts Alicia and Whitney on Coming Coming Up Higher, where we're creating space through conversations, special guests, and inspiration for you to come up higher in the things of Christ in everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Coming Up Higher. This is Alicia and Whitney, and we are pumped for today's episode because we have a very good friend. He's like a brother to us, Pastor Matthew Costner, and I didn't even realize it until we were looking at his bio that he's actually Dr. Matthew Costner and has tons of credentials with his name, but that's what I love about him is he's just a humble passionate guy for for Christ and just as just a friend to anybody and so we're looking forward to him talking about presenting that authentic self mm-hmm. to the world that and who Christ created you to be and not to try to be somebody else because there's a void that only you can fill on this earth and so he's he's got a great message in this conversation today but he is a senior pastor of New Beginnings Fellowship here in the Branson, Missouri area. And he's also the executive director of Free Life Ministries, which is a biblical-based counseling program that um, his parents actually started. And he's getting to carry on that legacy and even and take it take it beyond where it's been and churches util- utilize it. And it's just a great, great thing that they're doing there. And he's been married to his wife, Allison, for 12 years. And she's amazing. And they have five children five beautiful children and we're just excited to have this conversation and for you guys to be encouraged today to bring forth your authentic self in Christ. Hey everyone, welcome to Coming Up Higher. We are Alicia and Whitney and we have another great episode. We love introducing you to all of our friends yes. because we have some really cool friends. Yes. <laughs> and this one's he's actually like a brother to us and he's the first person that I know of that didn't have a nickname. Oh yeah. Already. <laughs> we uh just to to intro this, I guess would be good. We met Pastor Matt and his wife Allison when we started uh leading worship at New Beginnings Church and or New Beginnings Fellowship in Hollister, Missouri. And they came from South Carolina. Right. And uh Anyways, met up and we we were the interim worship leaders while they were looking for a worship pastor and that was just a really fun time. Yeah. But through that we all got close and just became like family and so he found out our nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> I think because of Facebook, Alicia blasted my nickname, family nickname on Facebook. So then in the text thread, you know, he's giving me a hard time. And I was like, well, this is Alicia's nickname. (laughs) (laughs) So we were giving him ammo and then we're like, well, you have to tell us your nickname. And he didn't have one. So uh, I won't tell him how he came up with your nickname, (laughs) (laughs) even though (laughs) I don't want to embarrass you, but it was a funny story, but he's bubs. Yeah. (laughs) Like brother. I'll, I'll say it means brother. Right. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Bubs, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. We're so glad you're so, on. Yes. yes. Pastor so Matthew excited. Costner. Yeah. So we're we're happy to have you on. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be here. Love you guys so much. For real. We love you too. And so we wanted to just have you share your story, share some of your testimony and um and how you're a pastor at New Beginnings Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um you are helping spearhead 
a free life ministries, which is a counseling program that we'll dive into later mm-hmm. as well. But, um, you've really gotten to do some pretty cool things in your life. And, but we wanted to, to just start with share a little bit about your testimony and, and, uh, your upbringing. Yeah, sure. Before I do that, let me just say this. One of the things that I, I just find so great about the Lord is when, when we truly work to implement his way, then he provides the things we need. And, mm-hmm. uh, in his word, he tells us, right, go make disciples of all nations. And, and as we've been here at New Beginnings Fellowship, just trying to make disciples the best we can. Um, I haven't necessarily, I didn't come here seeking friendship. I came here seeking to make disciples. And because God knows what I need, um, he's brought me great friends in you guys. And so I just, just again, just uh, it encourages me to know that when we truly do our best to implement uh, what he's asked us to do in scripture, he truly does provide all our needs. And you guys have just really been such great friends to me. And so I appreciate that. The, um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. The I'm from North Carolina, so I did move here from South Carolina, but I'm from North Carolina and specifically a small town called Shelby. And my dad was in the ministry. And so I grew up uh, in Shelby, North Carolina, Cleveland County with my dad. And, and my dad, not only did, did he work, I guess, bivocationally in the ministry, but when he graduated from college, he was like in a quartet and he sang like old Southern gospel uh, type music. And really that's kind of what he did. The bulk of my, my life is he traveled regionally, sang in churches all across, worked in churches. Part of his ministry was to help churches that were undergoing like some sort of problem, help get them to health. And so from very early on as a kid, all I knew of my parents was they had a heart for the local church, but specifically they had this heart for the people in the church and specifically even the leadership within the church to, to be who God has called them to be, not, you know, beat down and not wore out, but full of energy and just full of joy, living the gospel life that, that God so graciously provided. And so I grew up going in and being a part of a lot of smaller, I say smaller 200 ish um, average people church, right? My dad leading the worship my dad traveling, I'd travel with my dad, uh, get on and off the tour bus with him wherever he'd go. And, and it was really neat growing up in that environment. My dad knew so many, again, Southern gospel type singers. So it wasn't, you know, the Rust Taps and the Hillsong bands of today. It was literally, back then it was like the cathedrals. And, oh, yeah. we know that, yeah. and, and so it was those type groups, right, that the Gaithers and that we would get the opportunity to be near and around and um, great preachers. We got, I did get to be around a lot of great preachers, but being with my dad on the road and getting to do some things, it really, for me, it, it really was awesome at moments, but it, it also became this oppressive time where I was learning and trying to be noticed when everybody else wanted to notice everybody around me. I mean, you go, if you're in a, I mean, in Branson, at times we can go to a, somewhere and see someone that's popular, local celebrity, or even a national celebrity, right? And generally in the store, if there's a national celebrity in the store, everyone notices that person, right? right. And, and everybody else can be almost like the peripheral, or maybe they're seen if, if they're known by someone, but usually people don't look at the and stare at the people that's not known. They look at the people that is known. 
and, and so I grew up in, a, in a, a really neat environment where I got to see God do some incredible things, literally save thousands and thousands of people at like concerts and crusades. But here I was as a young man wanting to be recognized for whatever reason. And I just never was. And, and what that did for me as a little kid is, is helped me, and at least in my mind, think, make me start thinking that if I'm going to be seen, then I have to do something that's worth seeing. And, and therefore, I began to start trying to find ways to be seen. Now, that always didn't help me out, right? As a little kid, I, that, at times that would be I'd get into trouble and I'd be seen. And uh, maybe then I'd do it again because I wanted to be seen again. Um, and then, or, you know, once I realized I was good at sports, um, I, started, I started really pushing sports. And so I did well in athletics and I got to play some semi-pro soccer and got to do some neat things, but ultimately that, that didn't pan out well. And I didn't, I didn't get to continue a career and retire being a professional soccer player. I just did it a couple months and wasn't good enough to stay there. So I went back to school. And, and when I went back to school, because I mean, I wasn't seen. And so here I was trying to create, I felt like because I was constantly around people that were noticeable, I was constantly having to work to be noticed. And, and what that looked like for me at times was that I would do whatever it took to, to say something in front of, you know, to, to incredible people like you to say, what do you, who do I think they want me to be? Because they will only notice me and hear me if I'm who they want me to be. And if I, and if I can't give them what they want, then they may be nice to me, but they're not going to want to stick around. Mm. And so, and so I began to live you know, really as a kid, a, a life of me telling people what they wanted to be, to hear so that they would notice me and give me an opportunity just to be seen. And so yeah. my life, my story is really, I've, I've done some neat things. I've been around a lot of neat people, um, but I've never been like, I, I've said it this way in, in high, about high school and college. I've always been good enough to make the team, but I've never been the star of the team, Right. And so I've, I feel like I've been around a lot of neat people my entire life, like you two, you do incredible. And um, people notice you and, and love you. I told you earlier, someone said, uh, man, my, someone bought a celebrity's house. I'm like, who is it? They're like, Alicia. <laughs> I was like, that's true. She is. She's incredible. And uh, so, the, and, um, but, you know, and, these scenarios that I've found myself in, it's been something where, again, I've, I've wanted to be noticed. I've wanted to be known and, and me realize me thinking not, it's not true, but me thinking if I don't do something that's noteworthy, if I'm not the best at something, then I won't be known and no one will see me. And therefore, you know, I will just forever never be known. Yeah. So it's really created a, a, a sense in me of trying to become someone I'm not. And uh, my life has been me learning that I, that it's not healthy, nor is it right um, for me to pretend to be someone else. Um, and because if I am acting like someone else, God can't bless the real me if I'm not the real me. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And I think that can be exhausting as well as, 
we decide who we want to show up as in, mm. in each arena that we walk into so often. It was like, what are people going to think of me or how am I going to be perceived? Right. Instead of coming in and saying, how can I change the atmosphere I'm about to walk into? Mm. And there's that shift that happens that, and I've seen it in your life. You're not that person anymore from, <laughs> I didn't know you back then, but the Matthew I know now is not that person. He walks in and changes the atmospheres he walks into. And so mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of our listeners have that perception of when they walk into a room or they walk into a new job or whatever it may be in a new friend circle. And, and they, well, what, how will they perceive me mm-hmm. instead of who has God created me to be yeah. that has, and, and what does he want me to do Mm-hmm. in this new arena, mm-hmm. in this new group of friends or whatever it is. And, and so I think what you're speaking about is really, really powerful. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's for me, I realized that, and I know this is an old cliche that, that my, my dad is, he planted a church in, in North Carolina with another guy called uh, Christ Covenant Church, right? And it's, it's known for ultimately having launched uh, Stephen Furtick out with Elevation. And so my dad was mm-hmm. a part of all that movement early on. And uh, one of the things that was really taught, you know, to me as a kid, um, but I didn't understand it fully, is that um, we need we need to be the thermostat. Yeah. Right. We need to set the tone, not reflect the the tone. And yeah. and, and you know, as a me going into a room when I was younger, and as I've grown in college and high school is that is that when you're when you're not authentically you you're constantly having to reflect the tone that someone else brings in mm, and 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 different people this is true in my house i like the temperature colder than my wife likes it right <laughs> i mean i want to be sitting on like 68 like all the oh time my, my allison was like she needs it to be like 73 74 like <laughs> Well, well, if you're, you know, when the, when someone sets the temperatures at different, like you're having to go up and down, well, that's draining. Who wants, yeah. I mean, life is already like a roller coaster for it might need so to be up and down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it, it's exhausting. No wonder the Lord says, come under me, uh, come unto me. Who's tired. And mm-hmm. I'll give you rest. He's meaning if you stop trying to act like you're someone else and just rest in my identity for you, I, I literally, I was reading this right beforehand. I think this is so good. This is uh, my my Bible, Colossians second second Colossians. So so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. But the the key here is rooted rooted and built up in Him, right? Mm. Because I can't, I can't be who he's called me to be if I'm not rooted in him. That's the only way I get, and that's the only way I can become who I want to be. That's the only way I can bear the fruit is if I'm grafted in and stayed to the source. Now I can become and produce the things that God has called me to become. Otherwise, I'm just producing things that I want to be. Hmm. And those things not only aren't what can best help our community, but it actually is things that, although it can seem good, there's a scripture that says this, there's a way that seems right to man, but it's end leads into death and destruction, right? And so if I'm not grafted in, rooted into Christ and allowing him to live through me, then I'm doing what I think is best, which at times could be fake. 
because what sometimes I think is best is, well, how can I get Alicia and Whitney to like me? I like them. I think they're cool. Well, how can I get them to like me? That's natural me, hmm. right? Spiritual me is, this is my sisters in Christ and let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the natural me says, I've got, I've got, I want to be known. I want friends. And we're in a new community, my wife and family and I, how can we create friends? And so let me do whatever it takes for me to build friends. That's natural, but that's wrong. And it's wrong because now I'm worried about what you need me to do or say what you need me to say. And now I'm not living out truth because I'm living out what I think you think truth is versus I'm rooted in Christ. Now I can stand on the truth and now we'll all be set free, which is goes back to the the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So much good stuff in there. I know. And I just think it just shows the importance of like staying in our own lanes And I know that's kind of like a a cliche right now, but it's so true, like how important it is just to, to celebrate what's happening in others' lives. Like even, you know, like I can celebrate what's happening in Alicia's life and what, you know, what her and her husband are doing and things like that, but still also like stay in my lane and realize like, that's what she's doing, Mm -hmm. but God's calling me to do some things myself too, even though we're ministry partners and sisters and things Mm -hmm. like we still have our own callings and our own you know, things that God's asking us to do. Yeah. And one time God had just given me the revelation that every, every individual, every person that's born is a unique expression of God, whether Mm. they realize that or not, like we're created in his image. And so literally I'm a piece, a a piece of an image of God. Like Alicia's a piece, Pastor Matt, you're a piece, but we're not the same piece, (laughs) you know, because there's so many facets to God. There's so many characteristics to him. And so that's why it's important that we're all authentic to the, to the image of God. He's created us to be. And that we're not just copying one another because we each have something unique to give, to bring to the body of Christ and to bring to the world. And so that's why we have to stay in our lane. We have to know what God's asking us to do, regardless of whether people understand it or not, regardless of whether it's celebrated or not, regardless of whether it puts us in front of people or not. Like it is critical that we, we stick with the mission that God's given each and every one of us. Yeah. Let's, you know, and I think that's the thing is that if we are the body of Christ, we're not all index fingers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we are literally, we, we are different parts. Mm-hmm. And what is what, you know, I tell our churches all the time is that if we are the body of Christ, then when they aren't with us, then we're not complete. Mm. True. And, and if, if they aren't, authentically who God's called them to be, then we're still not complete mm-hmm. because we can't all be index fingers and be a body. We just can be a bunch mm-hmm. of index fingers. Yeah. <laughs> right? good at pointing, not, but not going to get too far. <laughs> but, yeah. well, I mean, well, if you're just an index finger and it's just there, it's this nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, the whole, the whole thing, a, a, you know, going back to the scripture rooted in rooted and built in him. If, if I'm not, if, if I'm a branch, and I'm not rooted and, and attached to the vine, then all I am is a stick in the mud, right? I'm yeah. dead. Right. But if I'm actually grafted into the divine, now I can actually bloom and blossom into whatever God's coming to be. Well, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's a, if it's just an index finger, it just is, is dead. It's not, an index finger cannot live without being attached to the rest of the body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And like, I think that's so good. And with your testimony too, what was, what was like maybe that turning point? We know you even mentioned, um, before we started recording, like going to school for something different, like you went, you were in sports because you were looking for this identity, but like, what was kind of like a turning point where you were just saying, I can only be Matt Costner. Like I can only be the authentic me. What were some of the, the turning points that brought you to that place? Yeah, I think a couple things really helped me. One, I, I truly found myself around a small group of guys. We read this book, uh, wild at heart by John Eldridge. And it really did help me begin to think that God created me to be me. I mean, it was really the first book that I ever had one of the, probably one of the first books outside of like school class stuff that I actually read the entire thing. And I was just enthralled with it because it basically literally like chapter one said, I don't have to be my dad and I don't have to be the pastors. That That's what, this is what I got. I don't have to be my dad, which I didn't want to be. And I didn't have to be the pastors that we had been around. I didn't want to be like them either. And, and I didn't need to be, you know, Bill Gaither. I didn't need to be these other people, you know, Bill, I didn't need to be Billy Graham. God has me here for a special purpose. And, and if I want to be used and purposed, then I can't try to be someone else because Mm -hmm. they have that purpose, not me. I have my purpose. right? Right. And so I really began to feel like, well, why, if I'm going to be here on earth, why would I not go fulfill my purpose? Like what good is it just to be laying around and not doing anything? I want to, I want to make a difference. I don't want to make a, you know, I said, this is a, you know, I don't want to make a point with my, I want to make a difference with my life. Hmm. And I want my kids to know Jesus. And I want the, you know, hopefully one day my kids will be married. They're all younger, but when they do like, man, how cool would it be to know somehow that, that me living on purpose and me working hard in our community actually affected some families that their kids got saved. And, and now I can rest in the assurance that when my kids get married, that, you know, they're marrying Christian brothers and sisters and they're not, I'm not, and it's not a train wreck waiting to happen. It literally is something good and beautiful that God has created. So I think me thinking, how can I live on purpose? Realizing that I'm getting nowhere trying to be like someone else and that God really can use me. And I didn't know, and it's and it, and and in some ways, um, you know, I would, and I hate to admit this, I'll just admit it. Like in some ways, I wish God would use me in bigger ways, but in other ways, I think, man, I don't deserve the way I'm, God is using me now. Hmm. And you know, if you guys really knew the sin that has happened in my life over the years, the the things that I've thought, the things that I've said, the things that even I've done at times, right? Like the th- the thought that God would continue to use me blows my mind, right? We look at David in the Bible. He was such a train wreck. His family was a train wreck. And, and yet what I love about the story of David is that David is not known for being a train wreck. He's known by his faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't need to be a person trying to be someone else to be known. I need to have a faith that pushes me, helps me get your come up higher. Right. So that, and and if, and if my faith, my faith can take me to a place that in essence, like my work can't get me to. Mm, That's good. And and so if I'm going to ever 
be and do what God wants me to do, then I'm going to have to stop working for it. And I'm going to have to start believing that Christ has me here and that Christ can do something in me and Christ can do something through me that I simply can't do on my own. Because if it's up to me, then truly what I do is limited. Right. So many good things in that. I know. know. It's good. Well, and I even think of the verse um, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, where it just talks about, do not look on his appearance or on his height or stature because I've rejected him. And that's actually when Samuel was going to anoint David, but they were looking at all the other ones because this one looks the part or, you know, we, this one is handsome or this one's tall or whatever. But, um, for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Mm. And that encourages me (laughs) because like you said, like, we're not deserving of, of God using us or God opening doors in the ways that he has, or, you know, allowing us to speak into people's lives or to, you know, for our music to be played in in their cars or whatever. But like, but, but God, Mm -hmm. he just wants that willing heart. He just wants someone that's, that says, yes, that's willing to be vulnerable. That's willing, uh, just to do, do whatever it takes, even if you don't have the, what, what you think you need the education, or maybe you think you need, the experience or this or that, that doesn't matter to God. Like he's just looking for that yielded heart that will say yes to him and that will seek him and, and that for his glory, you know, and not for our own. And I think as you were talking, I was thinking of recently, I was talking with a friend and just kind of getting into that comparison mode of, and I literally said these words, I was like, I know this is comparison, but, (laughs) and then I proceeded to say like, something about, you know, the, this life that I was comparing myself to. And that's like, I, I go, go, go and, and talk about it. And then finally, when I finish, she's like, okay, well, first of all, I'm just going to go back to the very first sentence right. you said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was complete comparison and you were right. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's something where like, you know, as a pastor, like I, I love, I love our people and I love watching them you know, learn something new in the script. I love for them to like actually get it right and apply it and see it change their lives. And, and I, I can't, and the fact I truly think God is using me in new beginnings is just mind blowing. And yet I, I can say humanly speaking, I mean, I'm on, I don't have Facebook anymore. I needed to get rid of my Instagram because I'm on Instagram and you know, every once in a while I'll see, I don't, I don't, I don't follow everybody, but um, every once in a while, I guess I flip, I hit the wrong thing and it shows me like a bunch of popular yeah. posts or whatever. I don't know what that section is, but whatever that section is. And I'll see other pastors and they're doing in, incredible things. And, and they'll, they'll even say things that, 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 that I'm like, I don't even know if I believe that. I don't even know if that's true. And yet God, like, and yet they're on these massive stages. I'm like, Lord, like, how did they get there? And then I start really taking an inward view of me and i'm like well how in the world did i get here like i read this recently and i thought this really has changed my mind about a lot of things and said evangelicalism is this love the sinner hate the sin i thought that's interesting but this is what they said biblical christianity is this love the sinner and hate your own sin wow and i thought that's pretty like how like transformational right i mean it's love just love the sinner but hey my own and so here i am in its comparison strap thinking man, I don't get it why they're there or but they're clearly on a big stage, but you know, I don't, how did I get here? And it's literally love them and hate where hate, 
hate the parts of me that doesn't need to be there. And if I'm focusing on ridding myself of the parts of me that I don't need any longer, then I don't have time to be thinking about right. someone else's jump and run. Because yeah, I got enough, I've got enough of my own for me to spend a lot of my time trying to make sure that I'm not letting my mind go in places that it doesn't need to go. Yeah. And whether, especially through comparison, right? Mm-hmm. As you know, we, this is an incredible community um, and God has blessed us in incredible ways, but you know, and I am an only child, but I even, even looking on, I've always wanted a, a truly a brother or a sister. Well, I can be, I can get jealous over people having siblings and getting to have that relate that close relationship bond that I don't have. When my dad died three years ago, four years ago, come Thanksgiving, is, um, you know, I felt again, I felt all along because I didn't have someone that I, I mean, I had my mom, but she was going through it in a different, completely right. different way. And and like, who was I going to walk through this really difficult time with? Well, if I'm trying to be someone else, then they can't help me walk through my junk. Mm-hmm because I'm being fake about who I am right now. And, and thankfully I was married. I'm, I am married to an incredible woman, Allison, who's walked with me through a lot of stuff. And she, yeah. you know, I, she really helps me a lot to say, that's not who you are. And, and when I say something, or I'm starting to go down this comparison trap or whatever. That's not, she, you know, she's good. That's not who you are helping me to continue to lean into the real me, which uh, the real me is is righteous and set apart, and right. and, and known. Right, the 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 fake me is is my sin, and I'm not noticed. And I am, and, and or how about this? I'm noticed for all the wrong things. Hmm. And and but that's not that's not who I am. David's not remembered when we think about David in the Bible. Most of our first thoughts isn't he was an adulterer. He killed some a murderer. He didn't always. We think he was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Right. Now those other things were true, but that's not who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, have I lied in my life? Of course I have. But I'm not a liar. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Have I have I said things I didn't need to say? Of course I have. But that's not who I am. I'm not a, you know, a word abuser or whatever. I don't, I don't know what you didn't say. I'm just saying like, we can, we can allow ourselves to go down the fake courses. When I say fake course, it's the fleshly course of direction, which will have me think that I got to be all these things and do all these things. Or I can allow myself to think, you know, if I go down that route, I can do some neat things, but God's not really going to use me. He's going to use a fake version of me or he's going to use, you know, someone else's thing through me maybe, but like, it's still not me. Right. I could get up on Sunday and preach a sermon that, that Rick Warren preached and it may, it may help some people may impact some people, or I could get up and let, and allow God to speak through me, how he's filled me this week in, in my time of study. And it's going to impact all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just, we, I had to determine and decide, do I, do I want to make a point? I get fake me, which I could do. I could, I can do some good things every once in a while. Um, or I could submit fully to the Holy spirit and say, Lord, 
You know, this is who I am. You called me. You knew who all, you knew all of my junk before you brought me here. And you decided to use me anyways. And you still want to use me anyways. Before you called me to new beginnings, you knew everything about me. Every, every bad and wrong decision. I'm even going to make your new beginnings. And you still thought in your plan it was right to put me here. And I can rest in the fact that I don't have to try to get be perfect. Matter of fact, King Jehoshaphat, I just read this. And I think it's like 1 Kings 22 in our Bible reading plan. He did everything right except tear down the high places. Well, the high places was where they went and they would like sacrifice. And so in essence, he didn't eradicate and demolish what the stronghold. Right. It's kind of like he, um, he took the, it's kind of like saying, um, you know, he, he removed the alcohol from the bar, but he still left the bar. You know what I mean? Like you still can go back to that place and, and think back to where, and, and, and instead of, you know, King Jehoshaphat just took the beer out and not saying that that's the worst thing in the world, but I'm just saying, but for an alcoholic, it is really mm-hmm. right. So for an alcoholic, the best way to get yourself out of that mindset, you don't just remove the alcohol. You, you burn down the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or you, and, and so King Jehoshaphat didn't do everything right. And yet God used him as a mighty king for 25 years in the people's lives. And the, and the, and the children of Israel was blessed under his leadership and he didn't do everything right. Yeah. But it was because he submitted himself to the Lord. And as he submitted himself to the Lord, the Lord blessed it. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I think for me, especially when I started having kids is I thought, man, there was a season that I lived for me, but I truly can no longer live for me anymore. I have to do something different because it's not fair for my kids to suffer. And it's not, it's not fair for my wife to suffer. And the truth is I don't have to suffer if I submit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's good. There's when a you, better way. <laughs> exactly. When you realize there's a better way. Right. And, and I'm going to take that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it does take that vulnerability. It does take that having somebody like you were talking about your wife, Allison, to say, to kind of bring you back to, to square one, bring you back to that foundational place that, you know, the plumb line, if you will, like, no, this is, this is who you are. This is what we Mm -hmm. measure our standard by of, of what, even, even what we measure success as what, what does, what do we measure success with? Well, is it having a, a good home life and a stable family and right. sacrificing my will right. for, for God's will for my family? Is it, you know, the, there's things that the world measures success mm-hmm. as far as having large crowds or whatever that that they neglect what what God defines as success yeah. or, or what is fruitful, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier. And and that's what that's what I hear you saying, too, is just just laying down the labels of even what other people may have placed on you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah well, you're, you've always been this way and that's who you are. Or you struggle with this. So, you know, you struggle with alcohol, so you're an alcoholic and that's, that's not the case, you know, or different things like that. And, um, because you, you're establishing your identity in Christ and, and he right. defines who you are. And, um, I think so many people miss that as even, even, um, you know, I'm, I'm a widower or, or things like that. It, it it's, right. we can kind of take on what has happened to us as our identity 
and we can label ourselves or other people label us those things. And, and that can kind of be tricky to unpack in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways is, is taking not only what we try to present ourselves as to others, but what other people have called us and identified us wrongly (laughs) in the past and taking those off too and say, no, like I can't, like David, I can't wear Saul's armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't go into this battle wearing what you think I need to be wearing because, because it doesn't fit me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, there's, there's so much to unpack with, with this identity, um, topic and, and that's why I'm so grateful we serve a God that's like so patient and kind with us. Like you said, with King Jehoshaphat, he didn't have it all together. He didn't, he didn't get every single thing right or check off every box on the list, but, but he did do some things right. And and he was able to reign for, for, for like, I think you said 25 years because the Lord is gracious to us and he's patient. (laughs) He's patient as we unpack. Right. Well, I think a key to all of this is Alicia, what you said too, is like, how do you define success? Mm And just finding like godly contentment in the present is something that God's like really been working with me on the past year or so. And just being able to be in that place of, of, okay, I'm living in the moment and I'm really content with where God has me. Uh, but I, I, I do still have that expectancy that there's more or that God's going to do these things or fulfill these promises that he's given to me. But right now I'm content with where God has me. And that's hard. That's a hard place to be. I feel like as a, as a Christian, even because like if I was Abraham and God had told me like, you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars. (laughs) And he literally saw one, (laughs) you know, or I guess like two, if you include Ishmael, but like Isaac was the promise. And like, that's the one that he saw. And, but yet I don't, I don't, I haven't read it in the Bible that he complained or he thought, well, God, what, like, what the heck, you know, you promised me as numerous as the stars, but he was content with that one. He was content with that Isaac. And how do we measure success? So like for us with our music ministry and, and, you know, putting out songs, like is success being on the radio and and getting a, a gold album or whatever, you know, is that success or does success look like, you know, being authentic and putting out that music and just hearing a few testimonies of you have no idea how much that song blessed me, or that's my heart cry. And I've come around, I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say I've come to the place, but I'm coming to the place where, where it doesn't always have to be like big. It can be like the small things, you know, like Alicia said with you, Pastor Matt, like, raising those kids and instilling that, that godliness in them and being that dad, that present dad that they need, like to me, that's success. Mm-hmm. And, and the things that you're doing at new beginnings fellowship and reaching the people in Hollister and all the people that have been baptized and yeah. come to know Christ. Even that story you had told at church about uh, a man showing up and, and getting saved and then passed away shortly later, you know, like that's success to me because like he was saved mm-hmm. from hell because of the work that you are doing and, and New Beginnings is doing. And yeah. I think because we're in such a hustle culture and a, you know, grinding culture, like, uh, like people, people celebrate people that work 80, 90 hours a week. You know, we live in a culture that celebrates people that like leave their families to go do this stuff and their kids are at home. Like where's mom, where's dad, you know, but, th- but we're celebrating those people. And I think, I think we have to have a, an appreciation for more of the hiddenness of God. Yeah. 
and just being okay with the times where it's just us and God or mm-hmm. being okay with the times that we, you know, there's places we've gone in to sing at that are like super small and, and to other people that wouldn't look like success, but yet lives were completely changed, like through worship or, you know, through the word God brought or whatever. And I don't know, I guess I'm just like wanting to, to learn just to really be content in that and where, you know, in the hiddenness of God or, or in the, um, even just the smaller arenas, because God can do amazing things and God has done amazing things yeah. through that. You and, know, what I, is, what I think is interesting is you, I was listening is that I lived in Nashville for 10 years. Okay. And, and I was in Nashville. I worked at some big churches. I got to be a tour pastor and go on road with, um, <laughs> some neat bands, some neat people. And most of the musicians that I know that have done some really, what we could say big things and are well known, most of them would say, but they sold out to the music industry. Mm. They're no longer their authentic self. They're trying to make music that is radio friendly, radio that, that will make hits. Right. They, they're literally in the industry. They love it, but they're trying to make hits, but they've lost themselves and mm-hmm. trying to write the music that people will like, not even necessarily what they like. Yeah. And and, you know, are people getting changed by it? I think, yeah, sure. But um, but you got some people I'll use uh, Derek Webb, for instance. I don't know him really well anymore. I used to know him well. He was in a group initially called Cabin's Call. I don't know if you guys remember Cabin's Call, old school band. And uh, when I was younger, I'm way older than you, you girls. The um, the they were kind of, they were popular out of Texas, and they were like kind of mainstreamy. And uh, he just got sick of it, and he started writing this music that was authentically him, and uh, it didn't get radio played because it was more prophetic in nature, mm-hmm. and Prophets aren't usually loved, <laughs> right. especially when they're saying hard words. <laughs> and uh, and but the freedom, and I, I think that was for me. I was going in the season, right? I read this book, Wild at Heart, and then I was some of the people that I listened to that I really liked, like Derek Webb and others. They were writing these prophetic things, and like one of the things that Derek Webb said in this song, you should look up. It's called Wedding Dress, and. Um, He writes that he says, I am a whore. I do confess. I put you on just like a wedding dress Mm -hmm. and walk down the aisle like nothing is right. Like, or like everything is perfect, Mm -hmm. but in his heart and everything, he's actually sold out to other things. Wow. And, and he started writing about how Christians need to basically confess (laughs) who they are, not, not say that we're, we need to share all of our sin and drama with everybody in the world, but we need to shed ourselves of it. And until we shed ourselves of the fakeness that we have, like if we come to church and we're coming in with a white wedding dress and yet that's not who we are, right. Mm -hmm. Then, then how can God, how can God change? How can God do things in us when we've not really allowed him to, to penetrate us? Right. Right. If he, he, if he, if, if I've walled up my heart, then he can't change it. Right. Yeah. And we've got to be authentically us. And I think it's where the more authentic we are, 
And the more we're willing to, again, confess and slow down. Um, I think it's interesting. You're talking about slow down, be you know, complacent with some things. And um, when, when Lazarus died, okay, the, they, they, um, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. And, and Jesus heard it, said, okay, he's, um, he's going he's gonna to be okay. But he'd been dead for two days when he said that. Mm-hmm. And then he stood where he, he stayed where he was two more days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, Hey, your boy Lazarus is dying or dead. I think they said dying. They said dying. They didn't realize he was dead. Um, your boy Lazarus is dying. Jesus said, okay. And then he stood where he was two more days. And then he left. It was, it was, he wasn't rushing to, 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 to actually heal Lazarus. And he could have, and that was his, his buddy. The reason that, he, that the reason for the wait, though, as you continue to read the story, is not only was God working in the hearts of the Jewish people around Mary and Martha to prepare them for the miracle that was going to be done, but, but God was also working in the disciples' hearts so that when they experienced it, now more people's eyes were open to the truth of who Jesus was. And it all came from Jesus being slow in nature. Hmm. And, and content with where he was at the moment. And as he leaned into and walked slowly into his, not rushing uh, to, to get there, more people's lives were changed by it. There's something I say here every once in a while when I remember to say it, is, you know, we want to get there fast, but God wants us to get there ready. That's good. <laughs> and, and, and when I think about Jesus and Lazarus, the natural thought is he's got to get there. Well, and he could have done that. He got to snap his finger and, and said, okay, Lazarus, you know, is good, but he had to prepare everybody else. Hmm. And, you know, the mark of maturity, I think for us as people is, are we okay with things taking more time for more people to be impacted by it? That's good. And, 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 and that's what we see in Jesus and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where I'm in my life right? Is, uh, I'm 42. And, um, I know you girls are like 19 and 20. No. Yeah. Right. And, but you know, I'm 42 and I'm thinking in some ways in my life, you know, now, you know, it's, uh, again, I feel like I'm so overwhelmed that I am where I am, but I, I can't tell you when I was 21, I didn't think I would be where I am right now. I thought it'd be in a completely different space. And I promise you wake it, making way more money than I am now. I just, I mean, that was what I thought. Yeah. And, you know, but again, there was a part of me I had to learn. And my, my mom and dad was really helpful in this. Is, is, and and I, we see this even true for a lot of young adults coming out now. They want to be where their parents are, but their parents are 20 years older than they. Yeah, so right. like, they just want to get there. And they don't realize there's a process mm-hmm. and, and we don't realize that, you know, if, if our character's not right, then even though we may get somewhere, we can't stay where our character won't keep mm-hmm. us. Right. Yeah, and so there's good. a building and a maturing that to get us. And so how do we get there faster? Well, maybe work on our character, <laughs> you know, work on your character and then maybe the Lord will take you there. Right. Yeah. And, and, but again, you know, I think for us and for me, I had to decide I had to get to the point where I said, you know what, I, I again, make, making the difference over making the point is if, if, if I'm really going to let God use me, 
then, and I want to be used for more than just one thing. Yeah. That's a point. One thing. Mm-hmm. That's a point. Yeah. Right. I want to be used for more than that. And maybe that's wrong. Uh, but in, in my, in my view, I would just say, like, I want to do, I want God to use me as much and however he wants. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's one thing, you know what, then high five. Thank you, God, for I don't deserve that. But in my heart, I want God to just to have his way. Just yeah. have your way. And, and, but he can't have his way if I don't give him myself. Mm-hmm. And that, and that included all of those labels or, uh, of, and, and for me, I wasn't always given labels by other people. I mean, again, I never had a, yeah, I never even have a nickname. I wasn't really, mm-hmm. I created labels for me. Other people didn't have to give me labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I also had to hang those up right yeah. and burn those things and give those to Jesus because if God was going to use me I couldn't come to him as someone else I had to come to him as me yeah and then I had to let him just take take me and do what he wants to do and really from free life ministries that, that I get the benefit of of being the executive director of is that's the whole heart of the ministry is to say that there are so many people all around the world. And right now we're in a lot of churches, really mainly throughout the United States. We have a ton in Arizona, Florida that, that utilize and, and, and call into us and use us quite frequently. But our, our heart and our hope is that people would be able to truly find freedom in Christ. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Mm-hmm. For freedom. And when we are not free to be us, then we can't be used. And we want people to experience the freedom that truly Christ brings so they can experience the joy that he offers uh, in submission to him. And, and, and truly, I believe, we believe that if we can freely allow God to use us, then, then the Lord will freely change the world. Yeah. That's good. I love that making, making a difference over <laughs> making a point. And I, I, I think you're definitely doing that. And um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you've, decided to be authentically who God created you to be. You went through that process because um, we know lives are being changed Mm -hmm. because of it and and through New Beginnings Fellowship and through uh, New Life Ministries and all that you guys are doing there. And I'm just grateful. I know this this message and like what you've brought to the table is going to set some people free and Mm -hmm. it's going to cause them to think, even if just that that there's so many nuggets out of this already, I know. But, <laughs> it's like but even, moment, even, if, moment. <laughs> even if they just take am i making a difference or am i trying to make a point am i trying to make a point or is the goal to make a difference even just if we approach situations like that that you know just like if, if a con conflict came up am i trying to make my point or am i for the greater good like that even if they just take that away um is, is just so powerful but we would love for you to let people know how they can follow you. We know you said you deleted Facebook, but <laughs> how they can find out more about New Beginnings Fellowship, how yeah. they can find out more about Free Life yeah. Ministries and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, Free Life Ministries and myself both are on Instagram mm-hmm. and LinkedIn. Um, you can just, uh, I think you can just put in, Matthew Costner at Matthew Costner and get to, to both. Um, but you can also check out free life ministries at www.freelifeministries.org. 
and uh, you can set up any appointment there and uh, there's easy ways to set it up. Most of it has been provided by generous donations and donors helping people uh, again, seek freedom. And so I would just encourage anyone that if you're, if you're battling with being authentically you who God created you to be, then sign up and we'll find a way to help take care of the cost. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad you guys offer that so needed and we just love, I know sometimes as you're walking through things and doing things and, and especially in like ministry, you don't always see the impact that you're making or you don't always feel like maybe you're doing enough or, but uh, we see you and we love you and just appreciate your ministry and your heart. And literally anytime we go to new beginnings and hear a message from you, it's just applicable yeah. <laughs> to where we're at. And there's so many good one-liners <laughs> and we just know you're making a difference at New Beginnings and in Hollister, Missouri and the Branson area and also yeah, and beyond. Yeah, yeah. and beyond through the uh, New Life Counseling and just, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> you're a great networker. And so I just know you've touched many, many lives. And so we just thank you for your obedience to the calling that God has on your life and just being willing to um, find your identity in him. And, and I, I know that struggle of, of comparison and trying to be something you're not to please people. Yeah. And so just thank you for doing the hard work to overcome that because we need, we need our bubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you guys. Thank you so much. I, I truly, it's always, you bring so much joy to the room when you guys come to the church, when you lead uh, our people N have always said when, when you guys are with us that they just totally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, oh, and, you know, when I think about the people I want around me, it's the people that truly bring the, the Lord with them. And you guys do. And I'm just so thankful for both of you oh, and your family. Thank you. Thank you. I only wish that Jim was somehow in the middle. I know, so. right? <laughs> I'll have him sitting in the back like behind us here. Cardboard cut out. <laughs> I know someone uh, was just talking because we were, I was sharing that we're going to have this Christmas song and it's going to be like yeah. with Mary and Joseph. So we're going to have a guy sing Joseph and, and they were like, so is that going to be Jim's part? <laughs> I, was like, mm, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, but he adds so much to our ministry yes, for sure. Does. Yeah. Yeah. Love him. So, well, thank you. And thank you uh, listeners for tuning in to another episode of coming up higher. We know you're impacted today and we just encourage you to, Go live out the authenticity in authenticity and being who God created you to be. And um, we'd appreciate it if you share this podcast with someone you think it could encourage. And um, also, if you can rate and subscribe to this podcast, we would appreciate it greatly. So, Yeah, so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. So you may have heard us mention the Fam Club in past episodes or on social media. We'd like to let you know more about what it is and how you can be a part. The Fam Club is a monthly subscription partnership that gives you access to our exclusive content, a monthly newsletter, discounted merch, and being the first to know about new music and what's happening with our ministry. Our monthly Fam Club support is what makes this podcast and other aspects of our ministry possible. You can join today by logging on to AliciaAndWhitney.com and by clicking the Fam Club tab.